Welcome to Growth Marketing Today, where marketers, designers, and product owners level up their growth marketing chops from experts in today's top startups. Here's your host, Ramley John. Welcome to episode 130, and I'm so excited. This is probably one of my favorite conversation and topics, copywriting. And I have Eddie, the founder of VeryGoodCopy.com, to talk here about copywriting and conversion optimization. In this episode, I got Eddie Schlainer, founder of VeryGoodCopy.com, to reveal the exact strategies he used to achieve that incredible results. So in this episode 130, you'll learn first that exact strategy to increase his conversion. Second, how Eddie grew his email list to 16,321 and more. And third, why copy only contributes to 20% of the success of a marketing campaign. Now, before we jump in, I have created a growth cheat sheet with all the actionable tips from this episode in a two-page PDF. Seriously, this is a gold mine. You're gonna take a lot of stuff from what Eddie shares and apply it right away to your business to grow it. So why take notes? When you can just steal mine, you can go to growthdaily.fm forward slash 130 to get it now or find this link in the description of the show. And you better hurry because each week, I only keep that up until I publish the next week's episode. So you really got only seven days. I also want to thank those who made this episode possible. This folks help cover the cost of hosting and marketing tools so I can focus on getting amazing experts that you and I can learn from. Thanks to LinkedIn. LinkedIn is an undiscovered goldmine for many advertisers. One thing I love about advertising on LinkedIn is how you can target by very exclusive criteria that you won't find anywhere else, such as company growth rate, job seniority, job titles, skills, and more. So whether you're looking to generate leads, drive website traffic, and build brand awareness, LinkedIn advertising can help you reach your business goals. Get $100 advertising credit towards your first LinkedIn campaign for free at linkedin.com forward slash grow today. Well, enough about me. Let's jump in in my chat with Eddie. Hey, everybody. I'm excited to have Eddie here from Very Good Copy. I'm super excited. We've been... I've been trying to get him on the show for months and I know I just got busy. Finally got him. How's it going, Eddie? How are things with you today? Yeah, all good, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, super excited to to chat about copy. I know you're in G2 and now you're full-time at Very Good Copy. But before we do, uh, I'd love asking questions that is not related to marketing for you. You said you love, you like traveling before all of this stuff went down. I'm curious what your favorite city you've been to has been and why? Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely like traveling. Uh, did it a lot before uh, COVID locked us down. But yeah, I think my uh, favorite city is probably Paris. You know, it's just my speed with the food and and the drink and the people watching. And, uh, you know, my wife and I got engaged in Paris, so it has a lot of significance in my life. So, yeah, probably Paris. Uh, how about how about you? Yeah, for me. Um, I, I think it's Hawaii. That's when I, I had my honeymoon with my wife and it's just, everything's moves slower compared to, I'm from Toronto and I know you're from Chicago. Everything just moves a little faster here and there. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a piece of paradise, right? Yeah. I got to get out there. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been to Paris myself as well. And wow, that, that talk about like a Hollywood style pr- a proposal, you you got engaged in in Paris, man. That's great. Is it was it in front of Eiffel Tower or like like where was it? Was it what is it? The classic Hollywood proposal. 
It was, as a matter of fact. And I didn't realize it was going to be so public. I mean, I, you know, I, I didn't intend for it to be, but there was just a lot of people there. And I mean, it was it was really, really nice. I mean, everybody clapped and it was oh. kind of a neat experience, but I, I definitely didn't intend for it to be so public. But, uh, you know, that's how it played out. And I'm curious if your your current wife your wife now is is okay with that. I know I, when I was asking Joanna how she, if I proposed to her in public, which she said she'd be upset. Like she would be like, "I'll kill you, Ramley, if you ever propose to me in front of like a NBA game or something like that." But I guess it turned it turned out well, right? Like that's exactly what happened. Yeah, well, it definitely wasn't to the scale of an NBA game. <laughs> there weren't that many people there, and. Uh, you know, it wasn't like all of the attention was on us, but a few people saw us. So it wasn't it wasn't the end of the world. Um, but, it, you know, I wouldn't take it back. I thought it was I thought it was pretty nice. And it was a it was a great memory. That's awesome, man. Well, hopefully when all these things go go away and we can travel finally, I've, I would love to go to Paris at some point. But, you know, th thanks for sharing that. I really do appreciate that just to warm things up. But let's let's talk about copywriting. <laughs> I'm curious how you got started into copy. Like, I find it fascinating that people from different backgrounds, I know somebody who was studying chemical engineering is now doing copywriting. Um, how did you get into copywriting and what was your journey to, to, to it? Yeah, well, I was an English major in college. So, you know, I, I was studying literature. So when I graduated, you know, I wanted to be a writer, but I didn't really know, uh, I guess, how to start or where to start. Uh, so I actually took a sales job and did that for about a year. And it was fine, but, you know, ultimately I wanted to write for a living. Uh, so one of my roommates at the time was working at Career Builder, the job board website, and told me about a new department uh, that needed writers. And so I just jumped at it, you know, without really even knowing what it was or what I was signing up for. Uh, and it turns out I would be uh, rewriting job ads to make them more enticing and compelling, you know, to uh, potential candidates. Um, and so I went in and interviewed and got the job and uh, I ended up leaving a pretty safe, like pretty cushy sales job, you know, with benefits and <laughs> salary for, for this contract job as a writer. Uh, and I pretty quickly realized that my worth you know, in this new role was was based on how long I can keep people reading and I guess how often I could get people to click and apply. Um, and I learned that I was in effect doing direct response, you know, copywriting. And so, you know, that's when I kind of went down a rabbit hole and, and became fairly obsessed, you know, with the discipline and the craft. And uh, I never really looked back. Um, you know, after Career Builder, I went and worked for an agency. And then I went in-house at a software company for a few years. Uh, and then I freelanced and, and I thought I was gonna be a freelancer, but uh, you know, I got picked up by, by G2 pretty quickly and you know, went on to own copywriting there for just a little over two years. And you know, met some amazing marketers, some amazing people there. So I feel very fortunate about that. And uh, yeah, just recently left to focus on Very Good Copy, which is uh, my blog and newsletter. And, and VGC Plus, which is you know a new membership community I started, and so that's my journey. That's that's how I got into it, you know, kind of by accident. That's really interesting, and that, that's what I really wanted to talk about is the VG, VGC, and you've grown it now to I think you said fifteen thousand, fifteen and a half thousand subscribers. Dang, that's a lot. And last time we chatted in November or a few months ago was at nine thousand. So you've grown 
you've got a lot more subscribers now. Congrats! I'm curious, what was the what was the story behind that? Is it your your desire to sharpen your craft? You said you fell into it and you love copywriting, or was it more for other reasons why you got started BGC? No, basically, I mean, I started I started VGC as a way to document what I was learning about copywriting, you know, and marketing at the time. Because um, remember, I, I didn't study marketing or, or sales or, or even copywriting for that matter. And, you know, in college, uh, I studied literature and, and like narrative writing. So when I first started out, I had uh, a lot of training as a writer, but I didn't, you know, I didn't necessarily necessarily know how to write copy. I wasn't a copywriter. Um so writing these like short pithy articles really helped me solidify a lot of the, I guess, principles and techniques I was coming across. And it kind of helped scratch an itch as well. You know, like I just enjoyed having something of my own to write. And eventually I just enjoyed the idea of building a blog and, and yeah, just creating something of my own, you know, just building something. Um, and I really didn't think anybody would ever read my stuff or subscribe to my stuff. So for the first couple of years, I didn't even have a newsletter. I was just, I wasn't marketing very good copy. Uh, I wasn't, you know, collecting email addresses. Uh, and when I finally did create a MailChimp account, I submitted an article to HubSpot with a backlink or maybe two to, to very good copy. Uh, and I think I got almost like 200 subscribers that day, the day it went live. And I thought, geez, you know, I should have been doing this sooner. So uh, that's when I started taking a little more time, um, you know, to work on, on very good copy to market it. Uh, but really it wasn't until like probably 2018 uh, that I became pretty draconian about um, publishing consistently, you know? And yeah, it's been, it's been growing ever since. So That's a really interesting point because, you know, people now, one of the advice I've gotten from from content creators is when you're creating content, you want to create content for yourself first. And when you're chasing subscriber count or for YouTube video view count, it can be really depressing seeing things at a call space. Would you agree to that advice or... Would you get maybe in a, a broader scale? Is that what is that a, a kind of advice you give to content creators who might just be starting out, create content that you find interesting or that might you might find helpful for yourself? Oh yeah, absolutely. I used to work with a guy. His name was Pat. This was, this was actually back at Career Builder, and he was like, "Hey man, if it sounds good to you, you know, uh, you know, keep doing it. You know, if you read it back and it sounds good to you and you like it, you know, keep doing it. And over time, you're gonna find." your pace and you're going to find your style. And, um, you know, so I think it's a process like anything else. So if you jump in and you expect to, uh, you know, develop an audience overnight or, or develop a following overnight, I think, I think that's unreasonable, but, um, you know, if you, uh, if you take it gradually, you know, I think, uh, and set your expectations that way, I think, I think you'll be, You'll, you'll be in a much healthier headspace at the end of the day. And that's another good point is like people focus on overnight success and people look at Eddie from VGC and he has 15 and a half thousand subscribers and that must have taken him a few days. But really your story is it took you three years, right? 2018 to now to get to get that man. Yeah, I mean, even longer, I guess. I mean, 2018 is when I decided that I was going to publish every week and like, and send out, a, you know, a newsletter every week. And then when COVID started, I was like, well, I could probably do this, you know, every day or, 
damn near every day. So I tried, I, I started doing that. So the consistency ramped up over time. Uh, but even before 2018, I was still kind of wrapping my head around, you know, like I said, what copywriting was, what marketing was and how I wanted to express all that. So um, it, it definitely, it definitely took me a little while to, uh, to get going. Um, but it's also like, you know, you got to enjoy that process. Like you have, to, I, I was enjoying it the whole time. I wasn't like thinking 10 years ahead and thinking about, you know, where I would be, you know, in, in 2015, I wasn't thinking about where I'd be in 2020. And, and right now I'm not thinking about really where I'd be in 2025. I'm, I'm trying to take it day by day and trying to enjoy the, the process and trying to enjoy writing uh, as much as I can. Um, and things kind of fall into place. And like I said, I think it's a, it's a healthier mindset to be in rather than kind of like chasing, you know, what your, um, what your ultimate goal is. Like, you're, you know, we should be kind of dancing through all this. That's such a good advice. You should tweet. You should tweet that out. That's like such. You should be dancing through this. I think people look at the process and they want the result without the process itself. I want to jump about the process. You know, you you talk you talk about posting up uh, a guest post on HubSpot. You got two hundred subscribers. How did you slowly? How did you build and grow that list? So eventually, now it's like I said, it's quite a large size, fifteen and a half thousand subscribers. Yeah, sure. Well, well, first of all, you know, before any of the of the growth techniques came into play, I mean, the website itself, verygoodcopy.com has a single purpose uh, and basically always had a single purpose uh, as far as the action of the visitor goes. And, and that's to get people to subscribe to the newsletter. And like I'd say 95% of the CTAs on Very Good Copy are asking you to subscribe to the free newsletter. So that's number one. The website itself is designed to convert visitors into subscribers. Um, and yeah, as for growing the list, I mean, like you said, I, I used to publish guest posts on HubSpot and, and Hootsuite and Forbes and, and other blogs with big audiences, and then just hyperlink back to VGC. Um, that was in the beginning. And I guess in the last year or so, I created, or I started creating a flywheel from my newsletter to social, so primarily LinkedIn. So. I would, you know, publish an article on, on VGC, then republish that same article on LinkedIn, and then send out that article to my newsletter subscribers, all within like 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Uh, and then in the newsletter, I would link to the LinkedIn post with the same article and basically ask people to engage with it. So like, comment, reshare on LinkedIn. And that engagement on LinkedIn from my subscribers attracted new people to the post who would, you know, go look at my website and hopefully subscribe. And then on the next newsletter, those subscribers would be asked to support my work on LinkedIn. So in that way, the flywheel organically grew my audience. Uh, and yeah, the growth has been, you know, exciting so far. It's, it's neat to see so many people, I think, you know, connect with and, and appreciate the work. And, you know, considering that all of it kind of started you know, to help myself. So it's cool to, uh, I guess, be helping other people now. But anyway, I digress. So basically, uh, <laughs> the first thing was, yeah, design, I designed the site to drive conversions. Uh, the second thing was I did a bunch of um, guest posting early on. Um, then I created that flywheel. Um, and then, you know, I also create campaigns on, I guess, discovery platforms like, like Product Hunt. 
uh, for example, which has a huge audience and, and it exposed very good copy, not just to the marketing world, but uh, the tech world. So it brought a lot of entrepreneurs uh, to my audience. So yeah, in a nutshell, that's, that's basically how I've been, how I've been growing it. You make it sound so simple, but you probably had to figure that out on your own. I have so many follow-up questions to that. I think the first thing you mentioned is you you built your site primarily to get people to sign up for the newsletter. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, what do you mean? Like, do you, you know, pop-ups? Like, you probably, probably don't want to. Like, what are things that you're doing on your site to really get more people who visit and view your site to, to sign up for your newsletter? Yeah, for sure. So I guess there's like four things that I'm doing across the site um, that help promote this idea of, uh, of, uh, of signing up. Uh, the first is probably relevance. So are the people visiting VGC interested in copywriting or marketing or creativity? You know, if they are, my chances of converting these folks into subscribers is exponentially higher than if they're not. So I'm always trying to create campaigns and posts that target marketers and writers and entrepreneurs uh, and get those folks back to my site. Um, so, you know, whether that's guest posting on marketing blogs or, you know, using, you know, copywriting and marketing hashtags on social or going on, you know, great podcasts like this that, that are relevant to my audience. Um, I'm doing those things and, and, and that way I'm making sure I'm getting the right people uh, to very good copy from the get-go. Um, the second thing is focus. You know, it's, it's like I said, it's 95 probably percent of the CTAs on VGC, on VGC are asking people to subscribe, um, you know, which is good because that way it's, it's constantly top of mind for the visitor, you know, and also consciously or otherwise, you know, my visitors know that ultimately the action that they, that, you know, they should take is to subscribe. Um, so that just kind of keeps it top of mind, this, this focus and this kind of, um, this, this constant presence of a subscribe, of a subscribe button, I guess. Um, uh, the third might be proof, right? So I have several hundred testimonials that I've collected over the years from, you know, subscribers and, and clients and colleagues. Um, and they're all across the site. And especially on the homepage, it's just the sheer volume of testimonials creates this instant credibility, right? People see all that social proof and, and they don't even have to read each testimonial, right? Instead, they're, they're kind of triggered to believe, hey, all these people can't be wrong. You know, there's, there's got to be something here. Um, so, so proof is essential to creating that credibility, um, you know, and, and uh, ultimately pushing people across the line. Um, in fact, a lot of people say like, Hey, I, I just got to the site. I, mean, I haven't even read an article, but I saw the testimonial. So, you know, I subscribed. Um, and I think that's just the testament to how powerful that, that, that social proof, um, principle is. So there's that. Uh, and then, yeah, it's just, I think the last element is just the ease, right? Like how easy it is to subscribe. So like the threshold to subscribe is very low. You just have to enter your email. Right. Um, and also there's an opportunity to subscribe 100 percent of the time on the site. So at no point will you be more than one click away from the sign up page. So, again, it's physically very easy because the subscribe button is always there, but it's psychologically really easy as well. Right. There's only one form field. Um, you just have to put in your your email um, and then you're in. So 
I guess specifically, those are the things I'm, I'm doing across the site to, um, you know, to increase the conversions as much as I can. Wow, that's, thank you for sharing that. It makes it really simple. You talked about relevance, focus, proof, and ease. Uh, I'm curious also how, you know, a big part of it is also asking uh, people, uh, particularly asking them how to, to join your, your newsletter. How, how do you ask that? Do you just ask them to join or do you, what is your particular offer for people to, when they get on your site uh, that makes them want to, to join? Um, are you saying that you're going to give them, uh, they're going to get access to your articles before anybody else? Or like, what is your particular offer to people to get them to join your newsletter? Well, a big part of my offer is never missing a post, you know, which I guess given the low threshold for, for signing up for my list, you know, I, like I said, I only ask for their email address. Um, most people who like my stuff are more than happy to, to share that and, and subscribe so that they're in touch with me and, and the brand. And it's just kind of, you know, in their line of sight every week. Um, I also give subscribers first dibs on, you know, micro courses and, and series that I produce. Uh, and in general, I think the language I use on the signup form really reinforces the, the quality of the product of, of the micro articles and interviews, you know, by letting people know how many subscribers I have and then how few people actually unsubscribe. So I think it's a combination of having a high quality product and a low threshold offer and just this element of exclusivity that, that makes people subscribe at a fairly high rate. When we come back in just a moment, Eddie shares why copy only contributes to 20% of the success of a marketing campaign. Here's a quick thanks to our sponsor for this episode, LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn is an undiscovered goldmine for many advertisers. One thing I really love about advertising on LinkedIn is how you can target by very exclusive and specific criteria that you won't find anywhere else such as company growth rates, so you can reach fast-growing organizations, job seniorities, so you can target the decision makers and close deals quicker, job titles, so you can focus your advertising specific to your ideal customer profile, and more. Whether you're looking to generate leads, drive website traffic, or build brand awareness, LinkedIn advertising can help you reach your business goals quicker. Do business where business is done. Get free $100 advertising credit towards your first LinkedIn campaign at linkedin.com forward slash grow today or find that link in the description. Well, enough about this. Let's jump back into my chat with Eddie. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I want to jump topics and talk more, talk a little bit more about copywriting. I think uh. I think with with a lot of people on LinkedIn talking about how copywriting is a silver bullet, right? It's you you get copywriting is will save your will save your marketing, and we had this conversation a while back. How you know that's that's really not the case, right? Like can can you can you share how copywriting fits into marketing and the offer and just the whole bigger picture? How how you view copywriting fitting into marketing? Sure. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely not a silver bullet, uh, not at all. Um, I guess the way I see it basically is every marketing campaign, especially if it's a direct response campaign, um, has three pillars, right? So there's the list, so basically your your audience. Um, there's the offer, so what you're giving in exchange for money, as well as how you're giving it, and then there's the copy, right? So the message that's presenting or expressing your offer. And a good way to look at it 
I guess, an order of importance is, you know, 40% of your success is dependent on the strength of your list. And then 40% of your success is dependent on uh, the strength of your offer. And then a lowly 20% is dependent on the copy, right? The strength of the copy, how good it is. So in other words, the best copy in the world won't sell a bad offer to a bad list, right? I don't care who wrote it or how good you are. If the list is bad uh, and the offer isn't compelling, you know, great copy isn't going to, uh, to save you. Um, but if it's a great list full of people whom you know want what you're selling uh, and the offer is enticing and compelling, um, then the copy can be pretty mediocre, right? And still pull a high response. So the copy is actually, I think, the least important pillar of the three, right? Um, and by the way, I didn't, I didn't make this up. This, is, this comes from a guy named Doug Deanna, or at least that's where I first heard it. Uh, Doug Deanna was an A-list copywriter. Um, just responsible for a mess of sales, uh, you know, throughout his career. And, and this is how he breaks it down. 40% is dependent on the strength of your list. 40% is dependent on your offer. And then 20% is on your copy. Um, so, you know, it's definitely not a silver bullet. Yeah. To answer your question, you're right. <laughs> that's really fascinating. Cause like, that's, that's what everybody is harping on, especially in the last few months or past year. It's like you just need to hire a good copywriter and you'll you'll do fine. And you're you're totally saying the opposite is that, you know, 40 percent. Right. Well, I mean, look, a, a copywriter can help you um, mold an offer and can help you create, you know, create that offer, create that um, create that desire. So a good copywriter isn't just going to be putting words down on paper for you. I think a good copywriter is going to help you strategize how to present this offer to uh, to, to your market. Um, you know, I, I guess the thing a copywriter can help you least with is tapping into you know an audience. Uh, you know, if you don't if you don't have a if you don't have a list that you've built. Um, or you don't have a, a, a credible list, then it's, you know, there's only so much a copywriter can do, but it, he can definitely write the words for you and he can definitely help you think about how to present it for sure. That totally makes sense. Uh, that brings me to something that I remember Josh Garfalo, he's also a copywriter. Like he doesn't view himself as a um, copywriter more so. He also sees himself as doing marketing strategy because, you know, you're, you just mentioned it, you're a copy, good copywriters also look at the strength of your list. They also look at, you know, crafting a, a, a good offer. Is that something that you, you would see yourself as as well? Like you're now, you're, you're not just writing copy. You're actually thinking about the bigger picture as a good copywriter. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't, th I don't think that I could divorce myself from the strategy of the campaign. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, uh, I don't think that I could just come in and, and, and write the copy, um, yeah, I would definitely have to think about uh, how it's being presented, how the how the audience is seen, and and you know what we can do to uh, you know create that desire, create that or or maybe bolster that desire. So yeah, makes a lot of sense. I want to shift gears and talk a lot uh, a bit about your micro interviews. You've interviewed or you've gotten uh, some interviews from several different folks for very good copy already. Is there any particular ones that really stand out for you that you're like, uh, this one is good? Or if people are, are interested in learning more about your, your micro interviews, this is where you would suggest them to check out first. Well, 
you know, a couple are, are near and dear to me. Uh, I guess, you know, I guess check out Adam Goyette and Jesse Rowe. I mean, those guys are, they're my dear friends, but they're also probably my closest advisors on, on very good copy, especially from a growth standpoint. Um, they're just extremely talented uh, growth marketers. And, you know, I don't think I'd be anywhere near where I am without those guys. So, um, you know, definitely check them out. Plus their interviews are pretty good. So I'd say start there maybe, but I'm also really proud of a few, you know, great A-list copywriters that I've had on there. Folks that I, I was learning on from, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, you know, so Doug Deanna, I mentioned him, uh, Ben Settle, Rory Sutherland, uh, Vicky Ross, uh, who actually gave me my, my very first one. So I'm, I'm, I appreciate her a lot. Uh, Drayton Bird. I mean, David Ogilvie said that Drayton Bird knows more about direct marketing than, than anyone else in the world. So it's amazing to have a guy like that step by. Um, so yeah, probably start there, but I think every interview has something valuable, uh, valuable to offer. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, I want to start wrapping up and, you know, we, you've had all this people on the micro interviews for very good copy. You've been doing copywriting for some time. If you can give one or two pieces of advice to marketers or growth marketers about copywriting, you know, what would be those two pieces, one or two pieces of advice you'd like to give to, to them? Um, well, I guess the first piece of advice is write it again, right? And the second <laughs> piece of advice is <laughs> write it again after that. Uh, and then sleep on it and then write it again. Look, I, I think nailing your, your copy is is not as important as, as nailing your offer or understanding your market, but it definitely should not be uh, an afterthought, right? In other words, you know, never just slap some copy together uh, and call it a day, right? Your copy should go through you know, several rounds of, of revisions, of edits, um, and it should never just be another thing to to check off your list. Um, it should always be thoughtful. And so, you know, and you should always be testing your 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 copy against other versions to make sure, you know, you're you're keeping what's performing and throwing away what's not. Um, I guess that's that's something that I, I see a lot is is people uh, just kind of going with their, you know, their first version and keeping it up for for years and, and and never changing it. And they're missing out on a lot of uh, conversions that could be the product of just iterating and, and testing. So um, be thoughtful with your copy. And, and then um, even when you think it's perfect, test it because you might surprise yourself. That's good, good piece of advice. And I, I know I'm curious about this myself. I'm trying to get more into copywriting, but do you have any recommendations for other than, well, obviously people should check out very good copy if they're interested in copywriting, but do you have any other resource you're, you'd like to share like books or uh, any other podcasts or blogs or any other resource that you can share to people who might be interested in learning more about copywriting? Yeah. Well, I, I think the first copywriting book I ever read was, uh, it's called the Adweek Copywriting Handbook by Joe Sugarman. Um, so I might be biased, but that's, that's probably the best uh, book on copywriting I can recommend. Um, so, and, and, and really I'm a big fan of reading and then rereading and rereading. So I must've read that book five times. And by the time you read it a fifth or sixth time, I mean, you're, you basically got everything in there down pat. Um, you know, read it your first time as if you're reading it just for pleasure, I guess. And, you know, just like it's a novel, just like it's anything, you know, snuggle up and read it. And then the second time, start highlighting um, key points 
or anything that interests you, you know, something that gave you like a revelatory, like feeling this kind of like, wow, didn't know that, you know, so if you, if you, if you read something and you're like, oh, I didn't realize that, highlight it. Um, and then the third time go through and try to uh, make notes or try to provide any kind of uh, independent thought on, on those highlights. Um, and if you do that, you know, if you do it three or four times, uh, you're going to be, you're going to be really well-versed on, on everything in that book. I think the biggest problem I see is people jumping around a lot from book to book. They'll read one, they'll put it down and you don't realize that you forget so much when you do that. So, uh, focus on that one book. And if, and if there's one book to focus on, it's probably, it's probably, uh, the Adweek copywriting handbook. Interesting. That's such a good advice. It's like, I'm, I'm kind of being a nerd, but like Bruce Lee once said, just practice one kick over and over again, and you can probably be, beat anybody with just that one kick. I, I've never heard that, but I believe it, man. That's, I mean, that's, <laughs> exactly, that's exactly what this is. It's, uh, it's just, it's just, pra it's, it's practice. Like reading that book over and over is your form of practice for sure. That's so good. Well, that's pretty much it. One final question, you know, where can people find out more about you and very good copy? Uh, do you want them to add you on LinkedIn, follow you on LinkedIn, uh, sus obviously subscribe to your newsletter. Where can they do that? This is your call to action right now to you, my listeners. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Uh, sure. So you can go to verygoodcopy.com uh, and subscribe to the newsletter. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, you know, just type Betty Schlaner. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at verygoodcopy. Uh, you can find me on Product Hunt and you can find me on VGC Plus, which is uh, a premium membership community at patreon.com slash very good copy. That's about it. Thanks so much for your time, Eddie. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Ramli. I appreciate you. Well, that's it for this episode. I want to remind you as well that I have created a free growth cheat sheet with all the actionable tips from this episode in a one page PDF. Seriously. Once again, Eddie dropped some amazing knowledge bombs about copywriting and conversion in this episode. Do yourself a favor, go to growtoday.fm forward slash 130 to get it now for free or find a link in the description. And once again, hurry because when I publish the next episode of this show, I take this week's cheat sheet away. Before I end, I just want to thank the sponsor for this episode. Now, this folks help cover the cost of hosting and marketing tools to make this show happen. Thanks to LinkedIn. LinkedIn is an undiscovered goldmine for many advertisers. One thing I love about advertising on LinkedIn is how you can target by very exclusive criteria that you will not find anywhere else, such as company growth rate, job seniority, job title, skills, and more. So whether you're looking to generate leads, drive website traffic, and build brand awareness, LinkedIn advertising can help you reach your business goals. Get $100 advertising credit to watch your first LinkedIn campaign for free at linkedin.com forward slash go today. Please also support me in these three easy ways. First, you can share a quote on Twitter or LinkedIn. Tell a friend about this, whether that's you know by email or just through word of mouth. Second, you can join the Grow Today mailing list where you'll get each cheat sheet directly emailed to you so you don't have to keep going back to the site to download it. Enter, leave a review on Apple Podcasts so other people can find out more about this show. Well, that's it for this episode. Until the next one, this is your host, Ramley John. Keep safe. And as always, keep on growing. Passion.